0: This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Talk, the masterclass. And it's really a masterclass about youth activism, the power of young people to really shape political discourse and The status quo and earlier when we started the show i just quoted a few examples i said the usa that uh, the the election that delivered barack obama to the white house was really about um, engineering um, a youth activism and using the various mechanisms through which young people discuss issues that matter to them so using facebook uh, twitter going online, and then even using mechanisms of fundraising like crowdfunding. That's how Obama was delivered to the White House in 2008. Um, then I looked at Zambia in their last election, and it also had elements of um, thinking outside the box and really getting young people not just to register, but to mobilize at the ground level uh, for change. And it delivered HH to uh, state house. And in Lesotho, we're told a similar thing has happened as well in the election uh, last year. And so there is a lot to be said about the power of the ballot and young people showing up to vote in an election. Definitely, that is the last in a series of steps that needs to be taken. But young people can get deeply involved in the conversation about their future And change the status quo. I also pointed out the caveat to that, the corollary to that argument, which is Burkina Faso, Mali, 1989, Tiananmen Square, China, um, 2020, 2021, the pro democracy movement in uh, Hong Kong. There, young people, really and truly, um, by biting the bullet or even seizing the barrel of the gun, decided that they're going to change the shape. Of, and the texture of the political um, conversation. And the Arab Spring was also that. And, you know, there are mixed results as to whether or not the Arab Spring ultimately did bring about fundamental change in Arab nations. It certainly sparked wars in countries like Syria um, uh, and uh, in Libya. Uh, but it did lead, lead to change in countries like Tunisia, for instance, uh, and some elections in other countries as well. So, You know, whether you do it legally, democratically, constitutionally or in any other way, young people, the future really is in your hands and don't feel powerless. And I think this masterclass is about just giving us a sense of how to harness uh, a youth energy constructively. So we're joined by Professor Willem Gumete, founder of the Democracy Works Foundation and also an associate professor at Wits University School of Governance. Good morning, Prof.
1: Um, Good morning. Um, I'm so grateful that I'm speaking to you again.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. So let's just start with the basic thesis, is that, you know, we're seeing the IEC uh, really and truly... um, making a big push for youth registrations in their voter registration drive, even allowing people to register online so you don't have to wait for a voter registration weekend. Uh, A simple SMS to the IEC can get you registered within 24 hours. And the idea is that, you know, young people must participate. And with more and more South Africans being people under the age of 30, it's imperative because the majority of the population can't not participate in a political process that impacts them?
1: No, no, absolutely. My, um, I mean, let me just... If I you just, can call
0: if me we, your sister. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> if,
1: I, if, I, <laughs> if I just bring you uh, the stats, um, I mean, in the last national election, I mean, 27 million voters um, did not vote who could vote. I mean, yeah. we're talking about 27 million. And of them, about 13 to 14 million were young people who didn't even register. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that really is the story of our time. And it means, I mean, our country, um, we are a typical developing country, and what, what we call a demographic, um, a youth demographic, where the youth are the majority. So if the youth come out to vote, they will actually affect in the political party um, um you know, they can get. So, I mean, to put it in simple terms, if the youth had come out to vote in the last national election, all of them, and they vote for one particular party, their party would have be been government.
0: So, even without yours or my vote, if young people who are eligible to vote, if they just showed up on election day, whomever they've decided to govern South Africa, that party would win. Even if I showed up, you showed up, their mothers showed up, that's how many of them there are.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's really the majority. Um, they are the majority yeah. um, in South Africa and in developing countries like Africa. So it's not just in South Africa, but in African countries, the same type of story. I mean, we, we there is an the example um, of Zambia, Malawi, you mm. know, mean, change happened in, also mm. Lesotho um, recently, mm. it's the young people that for the first time picked up to vote and they just change, you know, the voting pattern.
0: Okay, so why don't young people register? I must say, though, in the last voter registration drive in November, over a million young people, first time voters did register. So there was some impetus. There's something there. Uh, But but young one million out of the potential 13 or 14 million who are able to vote. uh, it's 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 really a drop in the ocean.
1: Um, yes. Uh, you know, the, the one thing is that young people and other people also don't vote. So, you know, older people think that their vote don't count, which is really it is the most terrifying thought to have. I mean, every vote, every vote counts. And if people do not um, um, understand the power of the um, individual vote, people don't link um, their lack of voting to their problems. And that is maybe important. If you're unemployed and you didn't vote uh, or you vote for a party that is corrupt and you're unemployed, there's a link between the two. Um, you know, if you know if there's lack of rule of law in your community, um, if you feel unsafe and you didn't vote, um, you know, you have something to do with it because if the power is in your hand yeah. to vote for party, to vote, to just vote. Uh, and then vote more sophisticatedly for parties that will protect you, you know, will protect um, the Mm -hmm. law. So um, there isn't a link. People seem not to be able to make the link between their votes and their economic situation, their um, financial situation, the crime situation around them, and how that vote is the means to change all of that.
0: Mm. Okay, so the challenge here is this two things. So firstly, young people should be encouraged to go and register to vote because numerically, just in terms of the number of young people there are, single-handedly they can change the shape of South Africa with just their vote. So they should recognize the power of their vote. If they came out, registered and then came out and voted and they decided to vote for party X, single-handedly, that party would win the majority without anybody else's vote counting. So that's how much power they have in their hands if they register to vote. But secondly, if they think voting doesn't change their circumstances, what you're saying is it does. Because if you vote for a party that, um, you know, is renowned for uh, wastage and corruption that denies you the resources to participate in an economy in future. If you vote for a party that's not going to prioritise the things that matter to you, that means for the next five years you're going to be living uh, with lack and feeling marginalised uh, because you decided to endorse uh, somebody who doesn't have your interests at heart. Is this what you're saying?
1: Um, yes, Yeah. so there are two parts of the world. First, is just to get people to vote to understand the importance of their vote. Mm. Then the second part of that vote is to vote consciously or, or, or wisely in, in, in simple terms, and not to vote, um, which is often the case in developing countries and in African countries, not to vote for people based on their ethnicity, you know, because you say ethnicity with them, or maybe you say a language with them, uh, you know them, uh, they look like you, um, but they may look like you and speak like you and maybe say the same history, but they are bad people mm. um, They corrupt they violent um, They only care for themselves, you know, they 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 give you the rhetoric, but they're not genuine. So, mm. you, you know, so th- The second very important part is that of voting is really is voting present in the present, you know voting mm. consciously and sometimes you know vote for an individual or a political party that may not look like you and may not even speak your language, but actually will deliver you the things that's important for you, the jobs, yeah. um, the public services, um, the law, you know, the rule of law, yeah. and so on. So that is the important. So that's a really, really big difference. So people often say to me, well, you know, such and such an African country, is supposed to be a democracy and people vote there. But look, you know, the, peop- the people the that they vote for come to power and then they corrupt and they don't deliver okay. and so on. So, you know, democracy doesn't work. No, uh, you know, that's the wrong way of looking mm-hmm. at it. It is firstly, you get to vote, but then secondly, you use that vote very wisely. Don't vote because... You know, someone was in a liberation struggle or somebody danced very well or somebody sings very well. You actually vote for competence and vote in your own interests, not against your interests.
0: OK, so some young people have have argued that, you know, is there another way we can participate even yeah. on voting day? Because to stand in a long queue under the hot African sun is hardly an incentive and you're missing out on an entire day of either job hunting or running your own business or earning a living. So there's just something about the way that conventional process of voting that is just not attractive to young people. Mm. And it's not practical for their reality. Um, Yes, um, we really
1: have to make it easier for people to vote for young people you know now we have technology available um and so on so i think the iec has to look um into that and see you know how how do we make it accessible Mm. but voting is so important um it comes only a national election voting comes only every five years and it determines your five years of your life i think you know it is important um, part of active citizenship, to be an active citizenship and to be a responsible human being, mm. um, to actually go out there and put that day aside and go vote because it will actually determine so much. If you have a business and you didn't vote and a party that comes to power is, is anti business, destroys the rule of law, and you can't do business, you know, because criminals are running a mock. Mm. Um, then you, you, you don't have a business, you're unemployed. Um, the same, well, you know, the party, um, because you didn't vote, the party that comes to power has toxic policies, populist policies, and then the whole economy collapses and you're unemployed. So it is absolutely critical. One day um, in five years, mm. it would determine your next five years of your life. This is absolutely right. critical.
0: All right. So, um, Let's remind young people of their ability to influence the social fabric, the social discourse. Okay, So in South Africa, we have that incredible um, pivotal moment in June 1976 that literally changed the course and the direction of the anti-apartheid struggle. Some people say it was 76 that absolutely breathed new life into the struggle until then most of the leaders were either uh, exiled languishing in jail um and you know they would use um, you know small moments in communities to try to conscientize people but that was the um, that was the moment that broke the camels back and the government of the day understood, the levels of resistance that they're going to face. And that when young people say we can render this country ungovernable, they mean exactly that. And from 76, you then just saw the energy all the way into the 1980s and the power struggles and the UDF. And I mean power as in the black resistance struggle. And ultimately, a decade later, the capitulation, right? So we've got that in South Africa. Um, But we also have fees must fall. As another reference for the modern day, uh, that it was when young people from all over the country descended on the gardens of the union buildings that the government of the day recognized it's either you live up to the promise of free education, uh, university education, or else things are going to be dysfunctional. So even in this era, young people have set, um, you know, a new course if they want to.
1: Yes, um, if you, I mean, in in, in the last 150 years of South Africa, you know, if you look at the black struggle, young people were key. Um, During all of the phases, even when the ANC was formed, I mean, if you look at the demographics of the founders, they were all very young. When I say young, you know, from the mid-20s to sort of um, uh, mid-30s, that was the average group. Mm. And even if one takes it further, I mean, it, you know, the big unions, what um, black unions were formed there, um, and so on, these are really, really relatively young people. And even after the Second World War, when um, the ANC for the first time was sort of renewed mm. the generation of Nelson Mandela, Walter Susulu and Oliver Tombo, they were very young. I mean, Walter Susulu was in his late 20s when he was the general secretary of the ANC, I mean, his twenties. So really young people, and we can take it down further down, you know, the black conscious movement in, in the early 1970s, Steve Biko, I mean, these were university, these were students. Um, and then, you, you know, 1976 and the UDF that people often forget so in my generation, these are really we were te- we were teenagers, young people, obviously mm. were older people, but the majority were, were you know, you were young people. So the youth has always been at the cutting edge um, of chains and, and across Africa, that's been the case. You know, you mentioned earlier the Arab Spring, mm. um, I mean, I had the privilege of having the Arabs, many of the Arab Spring leaders after the, you know, after the Arab Spring um, happened. Yeah, in South Africa, we had them here for two weeks, very quietly, and, and we had sort of discussions and, and, and feedback. And they were very, very young people. I mean, the pity yeah. was that they didn't form political parties thereafter. And they allowed after they, you know, after they push for change, they allow yeah. the older people in the military to take over the government and, and yeah. because they do have their own vehicles. So young people um, are absolutely critical to changing South Africa out of this current crisis yeah. that we we're facing.
0: Yeah, and it's not just in South Africa. Um, I'm reading here about the Fisk University issues in 1925, segregation on U.S. campuses, Um, And at that campus, ultimately young people challenged the school governing authority of the university so that students like W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, black students could be allowed to enroll at the university. So it's young people taking on the administrators of that university. In 1942 to 43, the White Rose um, resistance, a peaceful resistance against Nazi Germany. And all that used to happen was young people would spray a graffiti white rose uh, On the walls In and around Munich And that white rose Came to symbolize um, uh, A fall of Adolf Hitler And uh, three years later He did fall Adolf Hitler So they didn't even need To protest on the streets But they used Their energy Their artistry to do it I've mentioned Tiananmen Square nineteen in China and in 2018 it was the climate uh, global climate strikes Uh, it started in Sweden it then gained traction in 163 countries and now uh, we see young people at the forefront of setting the climate change agenda for the United Nations and its conference of Parties. so young people can wrestle and muscle their way into the seat of power if they want to.
1: Um, yes, uh, but there's also a dark side to young people's involvement um, in, in, in politics and change. And we've seen it sadly in South Africa mm. and across Africa, where young people actually support military leaders mm. and um, you know support coups, which will bring more misery uh, for them. Um, so, in, and of course, you know, um, when coups take place in 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 Africa, it is often because the governments and the leaders they are so so um, undemocratic and, and yeah. dictatorial yeah. that um, people are almost have no choice but to take out the government. Yeah. Um, but in those cases, instead of supporting coup leaders and so on, you, you know, they should be young people should call for democratic change. Mm. I mean, in South Africa, we've been seeing, I mean, young people are supporting populists, um, are supporting um, people, corrupt, mm. corrupt leaders, mm. um, and then expecting the corrupt leaders will bring change or the populists mm. will bring change. Sure. Um, so that's the dark side of also, of, you know, the potential of young people's right. um, in, in involvement.
0: Okay. And so as we wind down the conversation, the question is outside of an election, after the election, how can young people be incentivized to keep on uh, engaging issues around them, to um, hold leaders accountable, to write opinion pieces and influence public debates, to call in to talk radio stations and participate in town halls? How do we get young people very, very conscientized?
1: You know, for me, is the missing link um, often um, in young people, um, in, in South Africa's case, um, often active people who are politically active, um, you, you know, talk about being revolutionary. And then often they mean by being revolutionary and being active, is shouting slogans. Or burning public assets during protests um, and and so on. I think young people must redefine what the term is to be revolutionary, Mm. and to redefine it into you know something more practical, but which is also revolutionary. To clean your street, Um, you you know, to volunteer to do service in your community, Um, if you at at a local level to attend. you know the the meetings your sort of municipal um um uh, in three meetings where um local residents um, uh, could participate in and and that is very important for me it's almost to learn from what the black Honsus um youth in, the, in in the 1970s did I, I mean you know they got actively involved in the communities and that was their way of being a revolutionary. they set up clinics they provided after school classes for school children to get the Children to Ubu to education, yeah. they set up local sports and cultural and, and entrepreneurial supporting initiatives um, and, and so on so and they also you think about the 1970s in South Africa they came up with new ideas um, all of the things that the Bico generation came up with, like, totally new ideas, so they didn 't recycle old ideas you know there was not a sloganeering and, and rhetoric and, and they didn 't support the sort of old dated, um, grew up black leaders and so on. You you know, it was a whole kind of fresh face, new ideas, new energy, new kinds of people. And I think that's the challenge for young people in in South Africa today.
0: All right. Thank you so much for your views. Just young people being reminded that the power actually is in your hands. And I think the most revealing thing that Professor William Kumete from the Vit School of Governance has revealed is that if young people who are eligible to vote. In other words, 18 years and older. If all of you went and registered to vote and then showed up to vote, whomever you vote for as a collective will be the government of the day in 2024. Single-handedly, just that vote alone of people under the age of 30. If you showed up to vote, You can either endorse the status quo or change the status quo. So you say you want change, make it happen. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.